यू आर लिस्निंग टू फैट सो सपोर्टेड बाय सुनो इंडिया I'm fat and I have opinions. So, I'm fat and I feel very happy eating a whole Nerula's hot chocolate fudge at a go. So, I'm fat and I also love food. So, I'm fat and I fantasize about meeting past crushes in a thin revenge body and rejecting their advances. So, <laughs> I'm fat and I love to dance. Sexy dance, dirty dance, all dance. Ooh. So, I'm fat and I love compliments about the way I look. So, welcome to Fat So, the podcast where we talk about the joys and sorrows of being fat women in India. Heavy on the joy. I'm Amiya and I'm Pallavi. And in this first episode, we're going to tell you about our experiences with being fat, what this podcast is all about, and why we want to do this. Okay, so Pallavi, you're the brain uh, master. <laughs> we are in this podcast. So, why did you want to do it? Well, Amiya, what I found was that in my journey, when I started talking. about my experience as a fat woman how i felt what it did for me or did not do for me it had an impact and i started feeling that this just had to be done it just had to be said um as well as the fact that sometimes it does get lonely and isolated um it used to far more than it does now and in a world where sometimes i feel that this world will never work with my body or that there's not enough said about the indian experience and i just wanted to be able to talk about it well with me i guess a lot of the themes are quite similar like whenever i use the word fat when i say i'm fat everybody is like no i'm like bro excuse me have you looked at me i know i'm fat what do you mean no like they act like i'm i'm calling myself a murderer <laughs> you know or something like that and I, i just was like no this is not okay and i and my friends have slowly gotten used to it and stuff like that so it feels like i need to not be honest about myself to say that yes i'm fat because other people feel bad so i'm like oh you shouldn't feel bad because deep inside you agree with the actually normal fact of the fact that i am fat so i shouldn't call myself fat so to pretend that i'm not but i am and it's just like a big mess and i just feel like the more people talk about this the better Indian women our experience with fat is as problematic as anybody's of course but i mean we also have this weird paradox right in indian culture you know the aunties will be like beta kitne patle ho rahe ho aur khao right or they'll be like healthy nahi ho beta well okay in the north and the south they don't say it like that but still and <laughs> on the other hand it's this whole oh but you're fat so you have to be a benji you have to be an auntie you know like it's just schizophrenic on some level so i felt like it was really cool to talk about and talking to you about this and all the other ladies about this it really made me feel like it's so important to have this voice out there like when i was 18 years old i if i had had somebody telling me hey it's okay it's just an adjective you're fat it's not the end of the world you'll be fine mm-hmm. it would have been so amazing so you know i kind of wanted to make this time machine and go back and tell her that which i can't <laughs> but hopefully by doing this there are 18 year olds today or 10 year olds or 59 year olds 
and they can all hear this too. So that's really why I wanted to do it. Coming to the part of how this whole genesis of this happened, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The gathering. So our amazing friend yes. who organizes these gatherings and on various subjects and um, Facebook, she's Gather Around Sisters. Yes, on Instagram, she's Gather Sisters and on Twitter also. Yes, and yes. must be followed. Uh, really fantastic. Yes. When she asked me to do a gathering for plus size women, it was an aha moment because I was a closet body positivity <laughs> sort of person, right? Just my Instagram handle and no other exposure. I mean, how messed up is it that you have to be closet about accepting your body? Like, yes. What? Yes. But anyway, so it was such an empowering moment. And I'm so grateful to her for having brought that out. And uh, while I'd done the whole preparation for the gathering, I didn't know how it would be, how we would interact with each other. And I don't know if you recall, but there was a moment after we did the initial exercises, etc., when we were doing the intros. Yeah. When literally it was like the whole room paused and took this deep breath. Yeah. And it was literally like we all realized that we got each other. That whatever we were saying, we didn't have to explain. Yes. You know, the... Yeah, and you don't have to explain or apologize or any of that. Yes. And I mean, that's also kind of why it was like we were supposed to do short intros and poor <laughs> patient Pallavi was like, everybody was talking for 20 minutes and it was like this burst dam just pouring out of us. Absolutely. Because we finally felt we had a safe space where we, we didn't have to be careful what we said because other people might feel bad. Like, it was amazing. It was beautiful. And we were there till 3.30. <laughs> what the, you in don't the morning. know is that I got home at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I wrote for two hours after that this wow. whole concept of why we must talk about our experiences, why it's important to share, why it's important to have more gatherings and, you know, for people like us, because you say something like, oh, I get up and the chair got up with me. And you don't have to explain how in that moment you felt ashamed. You felt, yeah. you know, it was funny. You felt like and, you wanted to hide. But then, you know, also, you just have to deal with it yeah, as it is. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you don't have to say, oh, I don't like that restaurant because the chairs have arms. <laughs> like, I mean, even here in the studio, they have nice chairs, but they have arms. arms. And so sweetly, we're like, fetch us chairs without arms. arms. We don't do arms on chairs, right? <laughs> right. But yeah. So that was the genesis of this. Uh, and of course, the conversation that we had after that, yeah. where we found that it would be just fabulous if we could do this together. Something like this. So what is your uh, history with fat? If I want to talk about myself, mm -hmm. then I will actually start with 2014. Cool. Because in 2014, I literally stepped into a parallel universe where I found plus size modeling and pictures of Tess Holiday. For me, it was a parallel universe because the thought that anybody could be comfortable with a body like this and say it to the world that I'm comfortable was just, it was something that I could not even have dreamt of. Mm -hmm. And I went berserk. I searched Tess Holiday. I looked at all of the adipositivity photographs by Substantia Jones. Mm -hmm. Amazing, you know, body of work. I read books by Virgie Tover, Reagan Chaston. Much later, I came across this uh, radio show by Kathleen Pose, who's a fat researcher and body mm -hmm. activist in New Zealand. And so I just immersed myself in the work that all of these people were doing. And they were talking about how we are fat people, but we exist. And 
it is all right to accept ourselves as we are. Now, so I then started with the whole plus size modeling and taking photographs of myself and sending them out and so on and so forth. But I felt um, I wasn't completely there because I felt this was just on the surface because what do you do with the fact that uh, a fat body is seen as an unhealthy body? And around that same time, I went for something called the Walk of Hope. And I was walking 25 to 30 kilometers within five to six hours in this fat body. And I could do it. Of course, it took me longer. It took me, I was slower. Um, I did have blisters and stuff like that, but I did it. And it got me questioning this whole thing that, you know, fat is unhealthy. And at the same time, the universe delivered to me this book by Linda Bacon called Health at Every Size. And I just knew that I was on the right path. It's been an incredible four or five years since then. But from owning who I am and my body and saying I'm okay as I am, it has led to so many changes in my life, whether it is the clothes that I wear or mm -hmm. the fact that I'm willing to put really dark okay, lipstick. Okay, you guys can't see this, but Pallavi's fashion is on point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And it went on to deciding that I didn't want to be in a marriage that wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. But letting go of that, you know, whole thing of what if nobody else loves me? There were so many things that I realized I was waiting to lose weight to claim my life. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and um, if I go into my past, I was fat from the age of five and I was on a diet at the age of five, Jeez. you know. Uh, fat was the reason for everything. I had childhood incontinence, which was because of other reasons, but it was because I was a fat child. And if you look at my photographs as a five-year-old, there is nothing fat about that five-year-old, you know. It went on to being bullied at school, being made fun of at school, everything. It didn't matter how talented I was. It didn't matter how intelligent I was. It didn't matter what I achieved. It was all against this whole thing that as long as you're fat, there's something seriously wrong with you. There's no self-control. Um, you know, if you fall, it's because you're clumsy. Everything was juxtaposed against my being fat. Uh, I remember my dance teacher told me, you're the most graceful girl in my class and you're the most talented girl in my class, but I will not put you on stage because who wants to see a fat girl dance? See, this is something I get all the time. People tell me, you're so graceful when you dance, you walk so lightly. I'm like, what do you think? I'm an elephant? Like, wh 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 why are you so surprised by this? Exactly. And, you know, yeah, I, I hear all of this. Yeah. And the other thing was uh, the whole thing about love and relationships and men. It was scary to have a crush on somebody because if somebody found out that I had a crush on this guy, they tease him mercilessly. Yeah. So forget me getting the boy. It was out of the question. I still remember, you rem You know, uh, in India, we have this thing of 12th graders. Once they finish school, everybody writes on their shirts yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And I was so excited that day. I had all my friends write on my shirt. And I did this brave thing of going to the back of the bus and telling the cool guy to write something on my shirt. And he wrote it on my back. And then he said to me, you know what I've written? I've written, I would like to tell you to use condoms, but who would ever fuck you? Oh, Jesus. I burnt that shirt. It was so there was so much of all of this, you know, you won't get married, you won't find love, you won't uh, get a job or if you get a job, you won't hold on to it. You won't have friends. So, so much of that. And you start to believe it. You believe it. You start to believe it. Like that's the really <laughs> fucked up thing. You just believe it. 
Right. So that was the backstory. Well, and I mean, all of these things. I mean, I'm sitting here and you guys can't see this, of course, but I'm nodding like a psycho. I'm kind of scared I'm going to knock the mic over. <laughs> but it comes down to I have that I have that sentence, too, that a boy said to me that I was in love with. He was my first love. And, you know, he we, he knew, but we were friends and he didn't have feelings for me. And that's OK. Uh, and then one day he got, we were at a party and he kissed me and I was like, <gasps> and the next day he was all weird and I was like, what? And then this happened like twice at least. And then, you know, just before I left Delhi to go back home to my masters and stuff and I didn't know when I would see him again. It was like, okay, moment of bravery. And I'm like, dude, what, what, what's happening? Like, uh, why do you, why do you kiss me? And he's like, well, you're only attractive when I'm drunk. Holy crap, it took me, I'm not even shitting, 11 years to get over that one sentence from this pimply 19-year-old boy who, let's be fair to him, probably didn't even realize how much he was fucking my head up, right? And it wasn't he who, him who started it. It was all those kids in school who, oh, Amaya's talking to a boy. Let's tease him. Oh. Let's humiliate him. Oh, it's so easy to lose your friends. And I mean, you become... um radioactive you know and no one wants to be around you and I mean with me I guess I hit fat like when I was eight or nine or something and it was just food I really liked food I was a brat I would not listen to the word no so I ate a lot and I became fat but I was like I don't care and then you know the thing the parents the what are you eating and don't eat those french fries and go for a run and it basically meant that I have a deeply fucked up relationship with food. It's very hard for me to eat with my parents. Okay, I'm 37. I've had lots of therapy. I can do it now. But even 10 years ago, it was really hard for me to eat at the table with my family. And like, even now when they say, did you work out today? I'm like, why do you care? <laughs> and then I'm like, no, sorry. I know you don't mean it that way. But it's the immediate reaction I have to them. And they only really, really do it out of love. <laughs> so, yeah, and... This is the body I have. I don't even remember myself in another body. I've always, in the present time, been like, fuck, this is my fat, fugly body. And then I look at pictures from 15 years ago, and I'm like, hey, I was thin. But it was not thin. I was thinner, right? And it's such a mess, because maybe 10 years from now, I look at pictures of myself today when I'm at my fattest and my most, you know, personally upsetting size, and be like, oh, my God, I was thinner. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. The very fact that this is the only way I relate to pictures of myself. I don't see it and say, oh, my God, I have this great smile on my face. Damn, that was a great concert. No, it's like, I was thinner. Like, what, what, what? You know, that is wrong. And when you're a kid who's fat, when you're fat, everybody is in your face about it. So people would walk down the street and say, Moti. People would walk up to me and say, oh, eat this. Try this patta, mm. like go on this diet. And my poor dad, the number of crazy diets he's tried to prove to me that they work. He tried to bribe me with Barbie dolls. He said one Barbie doll per kilo. Even that didn't work. <laughs> so it was really, really hard. And it started to change for me when I lived in the US. I lived in New York for a couple of years. And for the very first time in my life, I had space in society. I could buy clothes in a store. Mm. I I'm, I always say I'm not a shopaholic. Ha, should see me at Target. <laughs> and, you know, there are men who are like, who think I'm hot, like legitimately hot. I thought I would be like a virgin forever. 
no, that, that's not what happened. And that's the amazing part, right? <laughs> you know, when going from that space of men, because I, I mean, I've been married, so I yeah. have had men who in their own way loved me. But I always felt they loved me in spite of my Correct. body. And therefore, my standards or my boundaries were really low because it was like a favor. Yeah. You know? yeah. And when you emancipate yourself or when you start believing in yourself, you actually find that there are men who love you, all of you and your body. So Correct. that's a different experience. Yeah. And I mean, for me, the transformative part of it was that my body was no longer an object of disgust for myself or for other people. Mm -hmm. And possibly it wasn't that much of an object of disgust for other people. I don't know, but it sure felt like it. So I came back to India and I was like, I dance salsa. I dance tango. Mm -hmm. I climb stairs. I do everything. I'm fucking awesome. But still no love. Huh? <laughs> Because who's going to love a fat girl, right? And anyone who gives her whatever he calls love, whatever five minutes of attention. She has to be so pathetically grateful for it. And the worst part, I am sitting here, I am saying this, I did this last year. Oh. I would probably do it again the next time. He's a halfway not horrific man. It's no, nice to me for an now. hour. I mean, this is just who it is. So I sit here now and I'm reaching a stage where genuinely I have this, this, moment the space of conflict with my body on the one hand i don't hate it i've learned to love it i've learned to appreciate it. it's my body it's something i do stuff with it's okay i've not reached your level of nirvana maybe i will by the end of this podcast uh, <laughs> i've learned to dress for my shape i've learned to know that i can do how i want i have great tailors god bless them and and a great sense of style well, thank you <laughs> so i've learned to do that i've learned to put on makeup You know, but mm -hmm. there are still days when I will get all dressed up in my sexiest dress with my boobs out because, hi, one of the good things about being a fat girl, at least for me, <laughs> I have big breasts and then I can put them out there and suddenly everyone's looking only there. Nobody cares about the rest of you. Um, so I go out and then suddenly I step into the room of all these women who are thin and at least socially approved thin and... You know, they have straight hair and they wear the style clothes. And I'm like, shit, why did I fucking bother? No one's even going to look at me. And that's just like, anyway, before I break into a rant, <laughs> got to save the rant for later. I have this, this, my body, my, my weight is the site of three things in conflict. One, I'm a feminist. I'm very proud of my feminism. I am, it makes me strong. It makes me powerful. I love it. I fought really long and really hard to love myself and my body, to look at my body with love instead of hate. I don't want that to stop. I can't turn that off. Like, it's impossible. It's not possible. But I'm morbidly obese. I have a family history of heart disease, of diabetes. I'm border, I'm like borderline pre-diabetic. I have constant issues. My knees have started hurting. <laughs> That's the sign of old age, guys. Uh, <laughs> and... I have to do something about this because here I'm single. Like who is going to look after me when I'm 60 and I'm I'm bedridden, right? I mean, yeah, sure you, but what if I guess we can be bedridden together? I don't know. But the point is that's some something. So I have to break this. I have to start losing this weight. But then comes the third angle, which is somewhere for some reason, I believe that love is not for me. I'm not meant to be loved, like truly and Maybe not, I'm not even saying forever, but like, you know, proper, full-on romantic, unconditioned love. And that's because I'm fat. But what if I lose the weight and I'm still the same way? Is it me? Is something wrong with me? And this is where my, my mess 
my mess mess is mm-hmm. around all of this but on balance i have learned uh, to be myself to no longer have patience with a lot of these things that are in my head a lot of these demons i've had some great angels in my life who have seriously saved me um there's one of my <clears throat> lovers which is not a word i can say with a straight face <laughs> but he likes it uh and he has been amazing he really led me to loving myself and my ex boyfriend also when he would look at me and be like oh my god i can't believe i'm so lucky that you're with me it helped it really helped and you know getting older and just having way fewer fucks to give cannot recommend that enough hang in there you will be too old to give any fucks soon enough just hang in there okay <laughs> it really helps you stop caring about what people say and all of that and also i know i'm good at stuff i know i have great qualities and those qualities will be there when i'm old and i'm wrinkly and my tits are saggy and all of that stuff so it's not that bad my life is not that bad what are your angels before i start with the angels there's something i'd like to say on this whole love and men and you know that aspect there was uh, this very defining moment for me in my marriage because uh, while my husband and i were in love and wanted chose to marry each other there was this thing about lose your weight and then we'll get married which i did but then the weight started increasing steadily post the marriage for the first 3 years he even said things to me like i cannot take you out to where i to my friends because i'm embarrassed by your size and things like that which was very painful for me he works in the it industry and there was this one day that this gentleman from brazil a colleague came and he brought him home which i questioned because i was like dude you know he has this really hot gym body brazilian wife and you've brought him home aren't you you've always said you're embarrassed about me and he says no no it's going to be okay and when this man left later that night my husband told me that you know what he said about you he said i may have a hot wife but you have a woman you can talk to and never let go of that it is something that will stay you for the rest of your life that's very sweet but also kind of ironic considering <laughs> what happened to your marriage Sorry. yes why i'm sharing it is because it's a defining moment it is it is and it's you know? like a mind bogglingly defining moment that you know it's that space of the 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 dirty secret like you know there's an episode of sex in the city where carrie realizes that she's back together with mr big but she suddenly realizes that no she's mr big's dirty secret he doesn't actually take her out on dates he takes her to chinese restaurants at 2 o'clock in the morning and 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 that's what you are that's what you become you become the person that when i'm with you it's fine but when my friends are there i'm be all different because i'm not a trophy wife i'm not a trophy girlfriend except i am that's the thing but society doesn't let you see it that way yeah now to come to my angels right um for me i think this whole uh, i have a very deep belief that we are on this planet on a journey uh we're learning everything that comes our way every person that comes our way is for us to grow and develop and learn and being able to look at whatever has happened to me in that way has really been the biggest support for me i have worked really hard but i know today my inner voice is very kind to me you know yeah. there are times when i tend to criticize and that inner voice says no baby it's okay you know so that has been um a real angel for me that's all that i would say about my angel and okay, what, what about are your, your demons? demons what no, about yours you first okay <laughs> i think for me a demon 
Um, and that too has sort of the voice is a little muted. Is the fear of what if I do fall sick and then I'm mm. alone and nobody takes care of me? Mm-hmm. But this fear is muted. And I think the muting of the fear has happened. It's been a process. I remember uh, I told you about this, that it all started when I had to make a choice about my marriage. And while I knew the marriage wasn't working, we'd given it our best shot over the last two years, you know, even more. There was this voice inside me which said, but you'll never find anybody to love. You'll be alone. You're never going to have anyone who's as good to you as he was and so on and so forth. And I really had to look at that voice and say, listen, you are a voice telling me about some possibility in the future. But my today is that this isn't working and I'm going to act on my today and let that be a thought for the future. And making that conscious choice, I still have demons, I still have fears, but it's a choice. Okay, well, my demon is a lot like your demon. You are fat, no one will take you seriously, no one will love you, you have no value, you take up space. But I think the difference perhaps in the approach between you and me is I don't see it as this is one possibility for the future. Now, let's think of positive ones, because I find it very annoying when I say to someone that, look, I'm 37 and I'm probably going to be single the rest of my life. That like, No, you'll find someone. And I'm like, how do you know? It's like, how do you know you don't? I'm like, I don't know that I don't. But it, I need to prepare for that. I don't need to prepare to meet somebody. If I meet somebody, it works out. Woohoo, party, right? So if I'm sitting here and I'm telling myself, no, no, it's going And then what? When it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen, how do you deal with that? And I personally think that, begin rant, <laughs> society is so fucked up about this. I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, I don't need to tell you, but the <laughs> rest of you all. I mean, it's insane that you could be the most intelligent woman, the most loving woman, but my colleagues are not going to be jealous when they see you at the office party. What the fuck? Who cares? Do your colleagues live in your house? And this is an obsession that society has with everything, of course. But obviously it doesn't work that way, right? When it comes to being fat, it's really, it's really fucked up the way that we are about weight, the way that we are about all these things. But I mean, at the end of the day, I can't help but think that it's, it is what it is. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, the world is like this. I want the world to change. I hope this podcast is helping the world to change. At least I hope it's helping people to get together and stand up to the world, right? To have other voices that they want to have in the world. But society is not going to change overnight. It might change in 150 years. It's far more important that we we need to learn to work around it, to learn to live with it, to learn to accept ourselves, make our safe and happy spaces, build our armor and be like, ha, say what you want, man, fuck off. I'm not listening to you. That is what we need to do. And like that is where I think you and I will have interesting conversations because I don't know how positivity fits into that. <laughs> End right. You know, you make such a point. <laughs> At the same time, for me, my whole belief in this is that it's a completely inside job for us. 
that irrespective of what the world may say to us, mm-hmm. and it's not just about being fat, it's about every other thing which is seen as outside of the norm and therefore to be brought into the norm, you know. The moment we claim our inner voice, the moment we claim our inner voice saying to us that, yes, I love you, the moment we claim all those rejected, sad, sorry, shamed parts of us, my experience has been that life changes. My experience has been that you start expressing yourself differently, you start being more courageous, you start being more authentic, you start, you know, just taking on those opportunities. So whether today I'm single, I'm 40, I'm doing something, you know, for myself, which may work, may not work. I'm not judging any of that based on the fact that I'm fat. You know, I'm a person, I'm living my life, I'm loving me, I'm loving my life. And perhaps... You know, you said that I have reached nirvana. I don't think I have reached oh, nirvana. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm definitely in a much happier space. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm in a happier space than I have been in the past, of course. But yes. all I'm trying to say here is I just think that your happy space is your space. It's a space that you control. But no matter what you do, the space is going to bang up against society. And society is a dick. So <laughs> you, gotta have, you have to be prepared for that. That's That's kind of all I'm saying. So one of the things we wanted to try and do as part of this is um, when we talk about these things between ourselves, we hope that by the end of it, we come upon some some sort of thought or idea that that or tiny piece of insight or whatever that that we each feel about what we've discussed. And we're calling this bit reflections. So Pallavi, do you have any reflections for today? I think, um, first of all, fabulous talk, (laughs) as always. It always brings up something. Um, I would love if in this whole process of talking to each other, I would love if we could more and more step into the fact that we too are part of society. So when we bump into society, we bump into each other as well. And in this bumping, there's a lot of love, there's acceptance, there's honesty, and we too are part of society. Yeah, I had you know? an aunt who was also fat, and when she hugged me, we used to say, bump, bump, bump. Yes. <laughs> so think... for me, uh, just this understanding that, yes, there's a big bad world out there, and there's a lot of shit that we could choose to accept as who we are, but also there's a lot of good within us. And then there are a lot of beautiful people that we can also meet who comfort us. This is beautiful, but I'm calling a little bit of a, a, of a foul on this one because that is not a reflection that you got from this current episode. That's just your philosophy. So, <laughs> My reflection, I think, is that maybe I have a little more anger than I thought I did <laughs> around all of this, uh, which is kind of coming out, which is good. I mean, it's always important to know these things. So that's it, I think, for today. Um, There you have it. Uh, You can see on this podcast, we're going to talk about all sorts of things that relate to being fat women, sometimes fat men, body positivity, clothes, food, doctors, party season. (laughs) Um, We also do want to say for the record that we are aware that this is coming out of our personal experience and our personal experience comes with its privileges. And we can't speak for those who don't have them and we understand that there's a lot of stuff out there that we can't experience so we are by no means a definitive uh, experience but it is an experience and we hope some of it will resonate 
You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Fatso Podcast. I wish when I was younger and when I was growing up or when I was going through my highs and lows, I had something like this to listen to. Yeah. And I truly, truly hope that we will be able to reach out and that if you're listening, that you talk to us as well. Yes. And tell us your experiences. Tell us how you feel. We have lots of exciting episodes to come up and we would love to know what you want to hear. Yes, please let us know what you think. Give us podcast ideas, uh, close recommendations, scream at us, tell us we're right, tell us we're wrong, tell us how you feel. You can find us, like Pallavi said, on Facebook and Instagram at Fatso Podcast. I recommend Instagram. <laughs> Fatso is now available on sunoindia.in or any other podcasting app of your choice.